This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Hey, Christian Chapel family. This morning we get to hear from Pastor Mike Bowie. Mike is our associate pastor. He serves our church so well in so many areas. He's a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of peace, joy, and comfort everywhere he goes and with everyone he interacts with. Will you please help me welcome Pastor Mike Bowie? Well, thank you, and I so appreciate your support these last seven months as we have transitioned back into a ministerial role. It's been wonderful to work with such a great pastor and incredible staff and such a wonderful congregation. So thank you for being so encouraging and supportive these past several months. Now, Pastor Chris has asked me to share whatever the Lord's put on my heart, and I want to bring you a message called Open Doors. And this is a message that's been on my heart actually for some time. As I began to pray and research this topic, here's what I discovered. The word door is used in Scripture 400 times. And I began to see that doors are metaphors for a lot of important things in our lives. And as we walk with God, He'll open some doors, He'll shut other doors. What I want to do today is talk to you about the spiritual significance doors have for your life. Think about this. Doors play a very important role in your life every day. In fact, you have many doors in your home. I assume you have a front door. I mean, if you don't, how do you get in? You know, some of you have a sliding glass door leading onto the patio. Perhaps you have a pocket door or a basement door. What about a garage door? I would highly suggest that everyone needs a bathroom door. Now, if you have a trap door, because I'm somewhat claustrophobic, I won't come to your home. But doors are important. Doors can be an exit. It can be an entrance. A door can be a bridge to something great or it can be a barrier. A door can say you're welcome or you're not welcome. Doors can keep warm air in and cold air out. A door can provide access. A door can protect you. There's so many implications how doors are used in our lives. Doors take on a spiritual significance. In fact, in the Bible, a door can represent the entrance door of salvation or the passage to discipleship, to service, to mission. It could be the access door of prayer, the holy door of worship. Now, here's the verse I want to start with, and it comes from the last book in the Bible. Jesus opens the book of Revelation by presenting a message to seven different churches that were in existence at that time. One of the churches was the church of Philadelphia. And I want you to look at what Jesus said in Revelation 3, verse 7. And I believe... This is a word from the Lord for us today. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. This passage speaks of an opportunity. And the Lord could be saying to you today, I know you don't have it all together, you only have a little strength, but at least you stayed with me. You're here, you're still showing up, you've not denied my name. So I'm going to set before you an incredible door. Church, I believe we need to get ready, because God wants to open doors for his people and his church in the days to come. And when the Lord opens a new door for you, 
It always takes you into new, unfamiliar places, and it will require you to depend on him probably more you ever have in your entire life. But here's what I want to accomplish in this message. My goal is to share with you what the Lord has taught me these past few years about doors and hope to encourage you in your own spiritual journey. But first, I would tell you that every door is a decision. Now, remember in the Bible, doors are metaphors for the choices we make every day. Your choices will determine your future more than anything else in life. Every door you come to is a decision to make. Am I going to walk through this door or will I walk away from it? You learn early on in life that there are some doors you should walk through, there are some doors you should not walk through, and then there are doors you cannot walk through. But every door you come to, you have a decision to make. So choose wisely. You want to make a decision in keeping with God's plan. Second, your destiny will be shaped by your response to the door. Your future will be determined by your choices even more than your circumstances. And that's why I said every door is a decision. Now, the tough part is knowing what door to walk through. There's a cost for every door you walk through. It'll cost you time, energy, and money. How many of you ever walked through a door that you thought was so right, only discover it was so wrong? Here's the one thing I've learned. When you walk through the wrong door, it's not easy to get back on the right path. I mean, you can, but it's going to take some work. It's not like you can say, oh, bad decision. I want to take it all back. You can't do that because our decision produces consequences. So that means there's some doors you should not walk through. And if you do, you can get back on track. It just takes some time and work. But for that reason, you want to make the best possible decision up front. You don't want to waste your time, your energy, or your money. What is needed to choose the right door and avoid the wrong door? You need something the Bible calls discernment. The more discerning you are, the better decisions you're going to make in life. In the book of Deuteronomy, God said to his people, I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success, or you can choose death and disaster. Well, God gives us a choice. But here's the challenge. Sometimes we can't see what's behind the door. I realize it's really going to date me, but does anyone besides me remember an old TV show called Let's Make a Deal? Yeah. Okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, well, the host would present three doors to each contestant, and he would say, here's door number one, door number two, door number three, And behind one of those doors is a brand new car. Behind the other two, you'll be lucky if you get a candy bar. Well, there's a big difference between a candy bar and a brand new car. I want the car. So what's needed? Discernment. Now, in just a moment, we're going to talk more about that. But I'll add this. Discernment is especially important in your relationships. Through the years, I have met people who consistently make bad decisions in their relationships. If no one has ever told you this, I'm going to because it is the absolute truth. Your relationships play a greater role than anything else in your spiritual growth. When people get off track spiritually, you can almost always trace it back to a wrong relationship. 
Yet when you and I are living and experience life within a faith community with other growing Christians, we can help each other. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so a man's friend sharpens him. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. I have not made a major decision in my life in over 40 years without running that decision by spiritual leaders in my life. It's important to have some trusted guides and trusted friends. You can run your decisions by before you finalize them. Why? You're trying to get all the counsel, all the discernment you can, because that choice is going to impact your life. Now, here's the third thing I want you to know about doors. A door can represent different things. You need to be aware of that. For one, it could be an opportunity from God. If it is, that's the door you want to go through. Not only is this nation at a crossroads, but the Christian church in America is as well. Don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. What's the solution? God wants you to understand your purpose, which is to represent his kingdom. And he wants us to make a difference. There are going to be opportunities ahead for you and for this church in the days to come to expand God's kingdom. I believe that with all my heart. And just as the Lord told the church of Philadelphia, he was setting before them an open door. I believe there are great opportunities ahead for God's people. If you walk through the right door in the right way at the right time with the right spirit, you will be amazed at what God will do in your life. A good example of a door being an opportunity from God is in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. And this is what Paul says. He says, a great door for effective work has opened for me, but there are many who oppose me. Now notice, this is a door God opened. I mean, it was big, but it was not without opposition. Just because God opens a door, it does not mean you'll not face challenges. When God opens a door and you go through it, it is going to stretch your faith. You will need to depend on him probably more than ever before. When we go through the right doors, the Lord will use them to grow us up more than anything else in life. And there may be times you go through a right door and you feel like someone just hits you in the head with a two-by-four. And you go, well, wait a minute. I thought God told me to do this. I thought God wanted me to do this. He did. But that doesn't mean it's going to be without challenges. There is an issue. The devil doesn't want you going through any door that could advance God's purpose. So naturally, there's going to be opposition. However, if you stay focused on what God's called you to do and you obey him, in time, he takes care of the opposition. Now, remember what I said about doors representing different things? So it could be an opportunity from the Lord, or some doors are nothing more than distractions from other people. Not every open door is an opportunity from God. That's why you need discernment. Opportunities do come at times as nothing more than distractions to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Keep in mind, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Have you noticed that sometimes other people have a plan for you, but it's not so wonderful? I mean, if you don't set an agenda for your life, I guarantee you somebody will. Somebody will, will do that. And, and people can offer you all kind of opportunities that sound so good but they end up wasting your time, your energy, and your money. So when there is an open door before you, just take a step back. I mean, take a breath. Wait on the Holy Spirit and listen intently 
to see if this fits God's plan and purpose for your life. Get counsel. Is it what God's called you to do? And a good example of this is a story from the book of Nehemiah. The Jewish people have been taken captive by the Babylonians, and they're living their lives in a foreign land. Many years go by, the Persians overcome the Babylonians. A man named Nehemiah finds himself serving Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And one day, Nehemiah's a little gloomy. He's depressed. News has reached him that Jerusalem lies in ruins, and his heart is broken because his country is devastated, it is decimated, it is destroyed. The protective wall around the city of Jerusalem has been torn down, and all this is on his heart. And it's very likely he was praying about these issues because when given opportunity, he knew how to respond. He had a plan, and he was ready to go. Well, one day the king notices that Nehemiah looks a little gloomy. And he says, Nehemiah, why are you so sad? And he says, because my hometown lies in ruin, and my people have no protection. And the king said something that was extraordinary. He said, is there anything I can do for you? Now let that sink in. I mean, this is a big moment. God was opening a big door for a great work a pagan king who is really the largest empire in the world just offered to help Nehemiah. Now get this, Nehemiah was prepared. He didn't hesitate. He said, I want to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city. And the king said, how long will it take you and how much money do you need? And what impresses me, you read the story, Nehemiah had all planned out in his head. He knew exactly what he needed to do. When the door opened, he was ready to go. He gave the king an answer. It was a God-ordained opportunity and this pagan king allows him to return to Jerusalem. And the best part of it was the pagan king paid for God's building program. Isn't that marvelous? Now, now what does that mean to you and me? You know, everything given the Bible is given to us. It's a, it's a message to encourage us something about the ways of God. God will open a door for you. And if you have the courage to go through it, he will provide you the resources to fulfill the job. He'll give you everything you need for life on the other side of the door if you have the courage to go through it. And furthermore, God can bring in resources from the most unlikely places. And he loves doing that. He loves doing that. Now, this is important to understand. There are times we are waiting on God to open a door for us. It could be job-related. It could have to do with a relationship. What do you do when you're waiting on God? Pray plan, and prepare. Now, let me say it again. You don't just do nothing. You pray, plan, and prepare. And that way, when the door opens, you know what to do. If someone came up to you today and said, I want to help you accomplish every God-given dream that you have, I mean, there's no limit to what I won't do. I got time. I've got money. I've got resources. I want to help you fulfill your dreams, could you give them an answer? If you can't give them an answer, you got some work to do. Maybe you should set aside some time to seek the Lord, listen to his voice, and under the Holy Spirit's guidance, write out a plan of some things you'd like to accomplish the next three, five, ten years with your life. But when you're waiting on God, you don't sit around and do nothing. You pray, you plan, you prepare as you wait on the Lord.
Now, when the door opened, Nehemiah was ready to go through it. Quite a remarkable story. And the king lets him go back to rebuild Jerusalem, and especially the protective wall around the city. And as he embraced that God-given opportunity, not everybody was thrilled about it. You know, there were many who did not want the city rebuilt. Nehemiah had his enemies, and they tried to discourage him and stop the project. They start by criticizing him. When that didn't work, the criticism turned to ridicule. They start making fun of Nehemiah and those helping him. That didn't slow him or his team down. When that tactic didn't work, they attempted to delay the project. And this is where an opportunity became a distraction. The opposition said, Nehemiah, why don't you stop this project for a while? Hey, you and your guys, you all could use a break about now. So let's just stop. Let's talk about it. And let's see if we can't come to some kind of consensus where everyone will be happy. Well, in case you didn't know, if you're doing the will of God, not everyone's going to be happy. They weren't happy with Jesus, and they're not going to be happy with us if we're truly doing the will of God. But see, what they said sounded so good. You know, the suggestion was, <clears throat> let's get some dialogue going <clears throat> on rebuilding the city. Let's find some common ground. Let's make everyone happy. Well, Nehemiah recognized it for what it was. It was a distraction. And his response was, I'm doing important work right now. Why should I stop this work? I'm doing the will of God. And you know what, folks? I'm not going to come in down and talk to you because the will of God is not open for discussion or for debate. I'm going to be about my father's business. That was his, his mindset. And finally, when nothing could stop the work, they said, we're going to kill you. Now, now, that would be a big distraction, wouldn't it? But even then, they couldn't stop him. Now, remember what I said earlier? When you obey and you stay focused on what God's called you to do, he's going to take care of the opposition and the challenges before you. Doors represent different things. So they can be opportunities from the Lord. They can be distractions from other people. Or it could be a trap from the enemy himself. I mean, you do have an enemy that does not want you to understand your purpose, and he doesn't want you to live an effective life. So you've got to be able to discern where these doors are coming from. But we're talking about what you need to know about doors. Now, here's my fourth point. An open door from God will never contradict his word. God's never going to lead you to do something that contradicts what is written in the Bible. You know, in the word, God says things like, don't do this. Instead, I want you to do that. If a door contradicts God's word, it's not from him. Again, God's not going to ask you to do something that violates principles given in Scripture. It drives me crazy. I, I can preach a whole sermon on things that drive me crazy. <laughs> I won't go there, though. But one of the things that always driven me crazy is how people try to justify their sinful actions. And about the time, time I think I've heard it all, I hear something new. But someone actually said this to me. I don't need to bring the tithe to the Lord because the Holy Spirit told me to tithe my time. And my response was, well, maybe the Holy Spirit did tell you to tithe your time. But I said, my friend, you and no one else are exempt from what is written in the Word of God. You know, what does the Word say? We bring the whole tithe which is the first 10% of our income, the first fruits, and we bring it to the storehouse, which is a local church. 
I've heard this before too. Just recently, I was pursuing an opportunity for a new relationship. After all, God wants me to be happy. Oh, that, that always gets me. Because you know what? God would rather you be holy than happy. Because, see, in holiness, you find happiness. But I actually heard this. You know, God wants me to be happy. So I'll divorce my spouse, and I'll pursue this new relationship. Well, on the authority of God's word, I can tell you that opportunity is not from him. It's a trap for destruction and much heartache. How do I know? Because the book of Proverbs speaks to this issue. Whoever commits adultery is a fool. So what do you do if you're in a marriage and you don't feel good about it? Well, here's the truth. The grass is not greeter on the other side of the fence. The grass is always the greenest when you care for it and you water it. And oftentimes people need to spend more time cultivating their relationships rather than complaining about them. Now, one of the best ways to invest in a relationship is to act loving. You know, some might say, well, I, I don't feel loving. That doesn't really have anything to do with it. You know, we should focus on doing what is right and pleasing God regardless of how we feel. And here's the truth. As we act loving, God helps us to actually start feeling loving. Feelings follow actions. Just remember that God will not open doors contrary to his word. What did Jesus say of God's word? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. What was true thousands of years ago is true today. Fifth, sometimes God shuts a door for our protection. We think when something goes sideways, it's bad. Maybe not. Did you ever think in God's economy, something going sideways may not be bad at all? It may be for your protection. There's a reference to Noah and the ark that's worth pointing out. Once Noah and his family had done everything that God required, once Noah and all the animals were safely on board, something very dramatic and even a little frightening happened. Look at Genesis 17, oh, I'm sorry, Genesis 7, verse 16 with me. Then God shut the door. Now, there's the word door again, but who shut it? God did. Can you imagine being on the ark and the living God who is invisible, you can't see, shut the door? And you just realized that door just shut by the living God, and I won't ever get out of this ark until the living God opens the door. Because God opens doors that no man can shut, and he opens doors that no man can open. And, and, you know, that's really pretty dramatic. But why did God shut the door? To protect them from the storm that was about to rage on the outside. Now, the truth is God still shuts doors to protect his people. I will tell you, when that happens, it doesn't feel good. And when it happens, you don't even feel that God is loving, but he is. When God shuts the door, this is where you got to dig down deep and trust the heart of God. The truth is, he always has your best interests at heart. And furthermore, he sees things you do not see. If you didn't get that promotion, you didn't get that job you wanted so badly, that business deal that looked so good, it suddenly fell apart, maybe God was protecting you from something you could not see. Or maybe you're single. Someone you've fallen for isn't good for you. 
The individual, for the most part, has hurt you, disappointed you. He or she has proven to be unreliable, inconsistent, and now they've broken up with you, and you're heartbroken. Well, maybe there's another way to look at it. Maybe out of God's mercy, he removed that person from your life. But I will tell you this. When God shuts a door, it is to protect you and always to move you into something better. I have had the Lord shut so many doors on me through the years, but I cannot think of one time he did not move me into something better. Six, God will open a door for you when you open doors for others. This is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. God wants us to be as gracious and as giving as he is. The Bible even says that a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. There are more promises in the Bible about generosity than any other subject. When we are generous with our time, money, praise, love, energy, God is generous with us. And the truth is, the more generous you are with God, the more generous he'll be with you. This principle of generosity applies to this thing about doors. If you open doors for others, God will open doors for you. Now, here's another scripture with the word door in it that I want you to see. It comes from Job 31, 32. And Job says, I've never turned away a stranger, but I have opened my doors to everyone. I realize he's talking about hospitality. He's talking about opening his home to others. Job had this open door kind of policy of blessing people and helping people. That's the kind of guy he was. And you know the story. He was the wealthiest man on earth. There was a time he lost it all. Later he regained it. Here's the thing. Job was the same man in the good times and the bad times. Generosity was part of his nature, part of his character. Here's the principle for you to take home. If you are good to others, God will be good to you. My life has been blessed because people opened doors for me, especially as I was starting in ministry. Through the years, I've made it a practice to open doors for others when I could. When you help others achieve their dreams, God will make sure you achieve your dreams. Now, that's what we're saying again. When you help other people achieve their dreams, God will make sure you achieve your dreams. Now, seventh and last, sometimes God gives us a glimpse of what's beyond the open door. You may not be ready for it all. You know it, and God knows it. In spite of that, he gave you this glimpse of what's on the other side. Why, why would God do that? Well, for one, it's, it usually humbles you, and you realize how dependent upon God you're going to have to be. I mean, you're going to realize there's no way you can go through that door. There's no way you can do all those things unless God is in it. And even when it comes times to go through the door, God rarely gives you the whole plan. He gives you the first step beyond the door. And then you take that step, then most likely gives you the next part of the plan. But it, it does keep you close to him and dependent upon him. But maybe the biggest reason God gives us a glimpse of what's beyond the open door is to inspire us to grow. God cracks the door, and it's like you go, wow, wow, look what God's prepared for me. This is exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or imagine. But he gives you this vision of what you could do, the impact your life could have, the difference you could make. And, and you know you're not ready for it. 
and, and you're inspired to grow. I'm convinced so many people have no idea the success and blessing God would like to send their way. And other times, we're too selfish or we're too immature to handle what the Lord wants to provide for us. And that's why we all have to grow beyond where we are as individuals and even as a church to fully possess what God is going to set before us. And I, I feel this very strongly in my spirit. There are opportunities coming that's going to require all of us to grow personally as individuals, but even as a church, because what God is preparing is far greater than any of us have, have imagined. You know, God has a destiny for you. And, and by the way, no one can destroy that destiny except you. You know, God will not. The devil cannot. His powers are limited. Other people can try, but their efforts will be futile. No matter what others may do, if you stay focused on what God's called you to do, he always overcomes the opposition and the challenges. The only person that can stop God's plan is you by making wrong decisions. God gives each one of us the opportunity to fulfill his plan, yet he'll not force it on us. You can choose to go through the right door, or you can choose to walk away from it and waste your life. You know, the choice is yours. If you do get sidetracked and mess up, God, God is loving. God is merciful. He'll say, hey, come back, and we'll start on the plan again, and he'll help you get back on track. But again, I want to encourage you. You want to make the best decision up front so you don't waste time, energy, and money. Now, there, there's one more verse of Scripture I want you to look at with me, and it comes from Habakkuk 2, verse 3. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Now, that says a lot to me. For one, God has a plan for each one of us personally. Now, you realize he's got a big plan for the world, but he also has a plan for us. And, our pl and his plans for us fit into his big plan. But, but as you wait on the Lord, again, you pray, you plan, and you prepare. But second, this verse tells me God has a precise time to open the door. And I feel this in my spirit. I told him the first service. I'm going to share it again in this service. Right now, I believe God is preparing you and situations around you that pertain to your plan, to the plan he has for your life. And when the time is right, the door will be open. You know, doors are before us. They're before this church. And when opportunities come, discern them carefully. Discern which door to walk through. And again, spending time in prayer, reading the Word, living in community with other growing Christians is going to help you discern the will of the Lord. And then once you determine the right door, have the courage to go through it. And I can tell you when the right door opens, it can be overwhelming. And, and you may experience fear. But I remember a time that the Lord opened a door for me, and it was, it was a pretty big door. And I felt so inadequate. I felt so fearful. And I remember the Lord said to me, it's okay. It's okay that you're struggling with fear. And he said to me, 
Courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is going on, going through the door, following me in spite of the fear. See, that comes down to obedience, doesn't it? We obey God and go through the door even when we're dealing with fear, even when we don't have all of our questions answered, even when we don't fully know what's on the other side, we obey him. But I can tell you this, there are some doors that God has opened through the years and it's just like I went through those doors in fear and trembling. And some doors I thought, I don't really want to go through this. But every time I went through the door, it was like life was so good on the other side. And I go, oh, this is exactly what I desire. This is exactly what I wanted. God knows better than you do of what fits you the best and what you really want. Now, the worship team is going to come back, and they're going to lead us some, in some final moments. But before they, they do, I want to just mention this one more door I have yet to mention. And it's a door that's within your control. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, I will come in and make myself known to you. I will fellowship you and you with me. What is he saying? He's saying there is a door that's within your control. And if you open the door of your heart, you open the door of his life, he will come in. And that's when we begin to experience the abundant life and begin a journey to become whole. But I will tell you this, I'm so glad I opened that door the first time to Jesus and keep that door open. Because when you do, you mean he does for you, he will open doors for you the rest of your life. You open one doors, one door, and he'll spend a lifetime opening doors for you. And if you would like to open the door of your heart for the first time today to Christ, or if you want someone to pray about any other issue, I would encourage you following this service to go to the prayer room. And we've got anointed prayer counselors and leaders back there to pray with you and to believe with you for God's best. But go ahead and stand with me. And we're going to just take a few moments to spend in God's presence. And I want you to just open yourselves up to the Holy Spirit and let him begin to speak to you about his dreams and his plans. Lord Jesus, I thank you that in these days to come, you're going to set before your people and your church new opportunities, open doors. And I pray, Father, that even now, you help us to get in that mode of praying, of planning, of preparing. Show each one of us what we can do to prepare. Lord, I just feel it so strongly that you want to do something exceedingly and abundantly above all we've asked personally and even as a church. And I sense that you're doing a new thing, new things on the horizon so we can make a difference. And I thank you, Lord, that you're calling your church to be an answer. We are a part of the answer to the darkness overtaking this world. God, we want to do our part and make a difference here and wherever we can. So, Lord, once again, we pray that you'll give us everything we need. Give us the grace, the wisdom, the courage to go through the right doors at the right time, in the right way, with the right spirit. And then I know on the other side of that door, you'll provide all the resources we need to be successful to the new endeavors you're calling us to. And Lord, I pray each person will be encouraged today to know there's a personal plan and that all they have been through 
it, it, it's not been in vain. It's not been in vain. They've had the experiences they've had for a reason. You're making all things work for the good. And so often you're preparing us even when we're not even aware of it. But I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing us at the right time to new opportunities. And Lord, we hear your call. We're saying we're available and give us the grace to obey you in these days to come. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.